You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much, as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right freaking now. Yes, it does. Oh, so much to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) All all good. All good. All good things surrounding the program right now. They're really, really probably at their apex. I can't recall a time where they were so formidable over here. Maybe 2013, guys, maybe. Uh, Maybe 99. Uh, Tough times, obviously, as we begin the show. And uh, we start by saying thanks to uh, Register Sausage. As always, that's one of the good things in our lives. That's one of the good things. About the only good thing. Yeah. (laughs) About the only good thing going on is Register Sausage. (laughs) We want to thank them for their continued support and all the delicious delicious sausage they make for for folks to run out and purchase. You can either get it online or just walk into a Publix. They're everywhere. I see it everywhere. It's it's a wildly popular item these days. And the nice thing now, since our, our partnership, a lot of people are following them on Twitter. Uh, which you can find them at Registers, uh, I think Register Sausage uh, on Twitter. And uh, when people are like, instead of calling me to complain when their store's out of Andouille, they're now complaining on Twitter. And they're responding, hey, look, let us know. We'll go fill up, uh, we'll go stock up. So uh, you have a direct line to the supplier if you uh, follow them on Twitter. Yeah, if any of these stores are sold out or lacking or slacking for any reason, especially on the Andouille, you're all good to go now, folks. You just go ahead and reach out to Register Sausage themselves. They love it. <laughs> uh, get after them directly. Pepper them with anger. Uh, maybe, it- <laughs> maybe some sausage jokes. They, they don't, they're not above that. They're, uh, they're yeah. in line with that, so it's all good. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right, another week, another no contest, no game. Um, 
And and now, right before we came on at the time that we're recording this show, by the way, Ira and Corey, Warchant.com. I'm Jeff, ESPN Radio. Uh, so I, what, what's going on with uh, LaDamian Webb? Uh, this 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 doesn't seem promising. I don't I don't like to read that. What? Uh, uh, please please make me feel better to start the show here today, guys. Uh, he's like the only good player they have on the team. The yeah, the most uh, dynamic offensive player other than Jordan Travis. He's uh, never healthy, so uh, Damian Webb's my guy. And uh, yeah, he announced he's opting out for the rest of the season. I don't know what like I don't know. I, maybe it's just not. Maybe people they they're ambiguous on purpose. Maybe it's intentional. But like Corey Durden, when he announced he was done, he never said he never spelled out precisely. I'm out. I'm going to another school next season. He just said like I'm opting out, and you know he thanked his coaches, but he never specifically said I am leaving this program. Ladamian Webb did the same thing. He just said I'm opting out for the rest of the season, but then he thanked the coaches for the opportunity to go to FSU, which makes you think he's out the door. Oh uh, but, man! But but maybe you know maybe there's a way to you know to try to walk it back. I mean, just because even, you know, as far as we know, when we're recording this Tuesday morning, he's not even in the transfer portal yet. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe conversations can be had. Maybe things can be smoothed over. It had, we had, he had been tweeting things in the last couple months about maybe being homesick. Um, there was also, you know, he missed, um, what was it? The NC state game or Louisville? He missed the Louisville. Was it, or the pick one game. One of those games. I think it was were... one of the one of those awful games against a bad team. Uh, he missed because he was uh, or he was limited because he was sick, and he's missed a lot of practice time. So it's uh, it seems like it's been trending maybe in the wrong direction. Uh, maybe they can talk him out of it, but if not, it's just yeah, it's another huge, huge, huge blow uh, in a uh, rough couple of months. It's not a huge blow. Come on, no, man. No, nothing matters anymore. <laughs> Nothing matters anymore. What, what are they going to be? Whoa, they'd be one in seven without him. I mean, who cares? Uh, you all leave. Go leave. Just go leave. We'll just start over. Rescrap so, the whole thing. I just took a picture of Corey's face before he started talking so I could post it. Please uh, don't on, do that. I'm going to. Please <laughs> don't. No, it's not a bad picture. It's, it's of course a, it's I, a bad picture. I didn't do it to make fun of you. I did it oh. because I think it perfectly captures the disdain anguish, frustration, angst we all feel as an old right now. This is unbelievable. It gets worse every day. Every day something else happens that's just ridiculous. It's impossible. I've never seen anything like this. I know I've also never lived through a global pandemic. But damn it, man. When's it going to stop? It does. Okay, so we've got headliner questions next hour. We may dip into the bag early today folks i don't know we might have what else are we gonna talk about might dip in another bag too yeah (laughs) there's lots of bags to be dipping into these days but the problem is i i am beginning to get concerned that in addition to all of that they inherited and all of the problems that they have to overcome that are not their fault that either they're ill-equipped to do so or there is still a remaining disconnect that is uh, upsetting to say the least. Like something's going on here where the message isn't getting home and guys don't feel any endearing qualities about the coaching staff. Like that's people, you'll hear those questions. People are like, hey man, we're all forgiven Norvell time. We understand you can't fire a coach after one year in the middle of a pandemic. We get that he inherited a nightmare, but what the hell? 
you still have to be able to go recruit some players, even in a dead period, and you have to be able to keep the good ones that are on your team. That was why I was saying it was a big blow. Not not necessarily. I mean, the guy's he's a nice player. He's not going to go down as one of the top 15 running backs in Florida State history. So it's not like the end of the world. But it's a guy that you guys recruited. It's a, it's a, it's a guy that came in under this staff and had a productive season and seemed to be a valued part of the team. And when guys like that are piecing out, it's different than when a, uh, yeah. you know, the Corey Durden's or Tamari and Terry. Yeah. You know, Oh, I know. It's just like what it's at some point it just, but you become numb to it. Like uh, all you go ahead, leave. Who else wants to leave? Is Atkins going? Well, who know who's next? Like, it's just, it's, it's every day. It's something worse. And it's just something more. Jordan Travis going to peace out. When's Chubba Purdy going back to Arizona? Like every day you ask yourself those questions because that's just how that's the trend. When is something positive going to happen to this program? When well, will I they think... get a commit from someone with a single star next to their name? Like when, when will stuff like that start to happen, Ira? That's what people want to know. All it is is awful, awful news. Well, that's what you know, that's where I'm kind of at with this college football season is like, okay, so we all went into it with the idea, let's get as much as we can get. You know, let these schools make some money. Let fans get to see some football, you know, and, and, and you know, whatever ha- happens, happens. And, okay, the Alabamas and Clemsons are, are kind of cruising along. They have so much talent. It probably doesn't matter what the circumstances are. But I do think there's fallout from what these kids have been going through. I mean, think of how miserable this year has been if you're a Florida State football player. I mean, think, you know how miserable you guys are or fans yeah. are. Imagine how miserable those guys are. I mean, Jeff, you played football. Yeah. At the end at the end of a year, you're already physically beaten yeah. down. And, and and if you're on a winning team, you it's like okay, yeah, you, know, yeah. you can power through it. When you Lakewood, the, the legendary yeah. season you guys had, That's you, correct. you're you're not feeling that pain late in the season. Now, the previous season, Ira, less people forget, we went two and eight. So a lot I of know pain. the pains of two <laughs> and eight and the glory of ten and zero. Oh. I know them both. Me so and imagine Floyd and guys like that. We know them both. <laughs> so imagine, so imagine that misery. Yeah. Like, and then add into it COVID and all the crap. And then two weeks in a row, you practice all week, and then find out on game day you're not playing. Man, it's. I mean, how miserable must those guys be? So, I, so that to me is the problem with this season. It's if they had just not played, it might have been easier for Mike Norvell and his staff to keep building towards the future. You know what I'm saying? Because this I, I is this, I, this I, has I, not been productive. I don't think unless unless it's just completely, you know, you're cleaning out everything you got to clean out. It's a complete purge and you're moving to the future and, and you got to hope for the best. But you do have to have players. And even if you had to gut that locker room or largely gut that locker room in order to try to begin to heal and flip a culture, you still have to find a way to go bring in players that will help you win some games next year. Uh, where we're racing towards a vaccine dissemination in mass, it's going to be a pretty normal year, knock on wood, next season. And they don't have any players. They don't. Uh, this is... I don't know what you do here at this point. I, I, I actually really feel for the man, but I am beginning to worry that they are not connecting to any of the current players or even the guys they brought in. This is disconcerting to say the least. Well, the web thing, like Ira said, is the one because you, you're the one, you're the school that gave him an opportunity. Uh, he was a Juco kid that, that couldn't qualify out of high school, although he was awesome out of high school. And other offers he had, 
but you gave him a great opportunity. He was going to be a part, as you could tell, he was your belt. He was going to be your guy next year. If he was healthy, he was your he was your running back. He was going to get 18 to 20 carries a game. It's not like somebody that was upset about playing time, and then he's bouncing, apparently. So, yeah, what, what hope do you have to keep any of them? Like, if there was anybody that you would have thought would be happy with their situation at Florida State, it would be LaDamian Webb when he's healthy. He had vaulted to the top of the depth chart in a in a game and then in one game and then all of a sudden nope he's gone he's going to leave too. That is so a stunning, whatever. It, it's a stunning development. And the thing is, look, we can say whatever, palms to the sky. I got you, but they're going to continue. The program's not going to be eradicated. <laughs> People care about it. <laughs> we got to figure something out here. I they got to find a way to get to the cheating. Uh, they got to expedite the cheating with the quickness guys. We don't, somebody who cares. We don't usually get to the cheating. Usually that's after oh. like a couple of three segments. Yeah, no. we, and you're just you're frustrated. Time, Ira. <laughs> time. I don't even know. They gotta get to like straight up crime. Like they have to they have to threaten kids. <laughs> <laughs> threaten like be like Suge Knight, like threaten yeah, yeah. family members. You're dangling, you're dangling yeah, four star recruits over the. You got kids over the. Yeah, you like your <laughs> take mom? them up to level eight. Do you hey. like the father? Do you want them to remain on this earth? That's that's their new recruiting visits. They take them over to level eight or whatever it's and called. Just hang them off the balcony. <laughs> yeah, and say you're going to commit, right? You're going to commit. Here's the thing: you can sign it right now. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing, Steve. We like you a lot as a player. I understand you have other offers. You're looking at Clemson. You're looking at Alabama, Florida, a couple other schools, great schools, great schools. You also love your mother? Yeah, because we know where she lives. Yeah. We, we know, know where she works. So where she lives. We know where her sister lives. Yeah. We know a lot of things, Steve. A lot I, of thought things. You were, I thought you were going to say, you're looking at Clemson, you're looking at Alabama. Now you're looking at Monroe Street. Toss <laughs> <laughs> it, <Justin>, look. <laughs> We've got a pen and paper right here. Right yep. here. Right here. And you know what? You're going to tell your best friend, the star receiver on this team, about Florida State and how convinced you are it's the place for both of you. And we know his address, too. Yeah, yeah. Could we know everything about him. We know where his dad works. Yeah. That would that that would be the greatest. Mike Loxley might. Uh, that might be next for uh, for Maryland. That, I, but honestly. I yeah, just assume yeah. most schools are cheating, Ira. They're throwing some money here and there. They're, they're, they're taking up. They're, they're paying a bill. They're helping somebody with a job. Something's happening. Nobody threatens anymore. <laughs> Nobody straight up feels their, their their personal safety is in peril if they don't sign with a school. So that's Florida State's angle. The good thing is it will make for one hell of a thirty for thirty in about fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you imagine when they start documenting all the times that Florida State coaches threaten the lives of the parents of right. uh, of recruits? That would be really fantastic, riveting you, stuff. Really. You thought you thought the Florida football situation when they had Aaron Hernandez and other yeah. murderers in the locker room was bad. Yeah. You thought the Dave Bliss Baylor situation oh, was bad, where they man. covered up murders in the locker room. Yeah. Florida State took things to a whole new level in 2021. Well, hey, now let's not go. These are just threats right now. You know, they're not. <laughs> they're, we're not. They're not committing. I mean, I guess a terroristic threat is a crime, but they're not. They're not physically harming anyone. Right. But you have to do that at least once, probably, just to show people that you mean business. It's called persuasion. Yeah. And, you know, listen, somebody's brakes go out, they hit a tree, they're maimed, maybe not necessarily dead. These things happen. Next thing you know, everybody knows it's for real. 
It's for real. Florida State's done playing games. Think of the buy-in. Think of the buy-in those kids would have. (laughs) They would obviously want to be at Florida State. They're going to go the extra mile. They're going to go the extra mile. They have to. You don't feel like working out? Is that right? Yeah. Did I hear that right? Oh, you're not going to do a class today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you want to opt out? Are you, you, no, 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 no. You know how this works. <laughs> There's no option to opt You're out. You're going to opt out of living. <laughs> Seminole headlines on 97.90. Seminole headlines will take a breather. More next. Fin Radio continues in a moment. Seminole headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So we're off to a flying start. We're advocating physical violence and threats in order to see an uptick in Florida State football recruiting. I like where we're at. I like collectively where we're at, where our heads are at. It does speak to and reveal the level of desperation uh, that that is required at this point because, my God, every day it gets bleaker. It gets darker. It gets tougher to find a way, a path out of this hellhole. I don't know what they're going to do except lose a lot of games next year, and then you're in real trouble because two straight years of that kind of ass-sorry football – People will not give the benefit of the doubt the way they're giving the benefit of the doubt now. And even people are beginning to wane on that. And that's, and that's the exact conversation I was having with somebody earlier. They were, you know, I was talking to somebody, a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours via text, mm. and they were saying, yeah, but this year's you know, a wash. You can't it hold is. this year against anybody. The problem is people are going to hold this year against them. Yeah. So, like, people could say that all they want. But next year, if they go out there and Jordan Travis gets banged up early in the season and, and the offense kind of – and Chubba Purdy doesn't become what people hope Chubba Purdy is going to be and the defense is still average or below average. Oh, still average. If, 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 they, if, they, close if, to average. if the defense is still below average, <laughs> people are definitely – whether consciously or unconsciously or subconsciously, they are definitely going to hold these 12 months against Mike Norvell as well. It's The clock is ticking whether anybody wants to admit it or not. Yeah, and it's completely unfair, but that's life. I agree. That's, the, that's the way it's going to work. I, I agree. That's what's going to happen. And we can say we know it's wrong. It shouldn't happen. It is unfair. And that there's no chance for him to really redeem himself in year two because this is a an arduous long-term rebuild. But you can say it like you just said, and it, it, that's fine, but people aren't going to feel that way. It, the, the good news for Norvell is, again, I don't think that Florida State is in any position to make any changes on the coaching staff, regardless of what goes down next year. So, but 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 in a from a bigger picture standpoint for both him and the program, the longer this goes on, yes, it, the more it, it hurts. It hurts everybody. He and, becomes and, a dead man walking. Yeah, and that and that's and that's my concern about like next year. You, you know, you started talking about recruiting and how are they going to turn things around in recruiting? They just lost Luke Altmaier. Um, you know, they've got 15 commitments for this class. It's not a star studded losing Altmaier dropped them down to forties nationally. Nice. Um, nice. And so if you can't, if you can't improve that either through recruits or the transfer portal and you don't have success next season, it's like you're just in that quicksand and it just becomes harder and harder to get out of it. That's, that's the concern. Like I, I still think Mike Norvell could be a good head coach. I still think he and his staff could get the job done. But you get to a point if things keep going downhill for too long where it just becomes almost impossible. They need an opportunity to bring in a stone-cold killer on the recruiting trail that has connections throughout the state of Florida. Like, you know, Damian Craig or something. Like, we always use him as an example. But Now you're talking euphemistically now, right? You're not. uh, Yes. I'm not saying we actually kill anybody, right? Yeah. Um, Bring in Dexter. 
Yeah, we need somebody. We need somebody who knows how the game is played in the state of Florida, uh, knows what needs to be done and how to get it done, and has relationships to help facilitate that. He doesn't have that on his staff currently, uh, so he's going to have to find somebody. And uh, you know, at this point, you'd be willing to bring in a guy who has the crookedest reputation of all time. I don't give a damn. Does he get the job done? Can he get recruits? The, the, the NCAA seems largely toothless these days. As long as you're not just blatantly obvious about it, I think you're going to get away with it. So, I, I, I mean, listen, I'm not even kidding around anymore. They've got to find somebody with those <laughs> kinds of skills, if you will. Mm, a those particular kinds of, set. Yeah, particular set of skills. That's, that's correct. Uh, they better find that person who has that unique ability to uh, create and facilitate relationships that aid your program's building block. I, I mean – that has to happen like now. They don't have it. They don't have that. And it's showing right now. Well, and it's a combination of sure. Not not having a staff of great recruiters that we as far as we know, there's a couple of guys who have reputations. The rest uh probably do not, certainly at this level. And then, you know, this pandemic year and not being able to have visits and not being able to I mean, their whole thing, their really their whole plan for recruiting is get kids on campus, let them see how we practice how we coach, how we right, run right, yeah. meetings. That's going to be what sells kids along with the buildings and everything else at Florida State and the tradition. Um, but you didn't get that opportunity. And now all you have, you know, the coaches that do have the track records, the coaches that do have the relationships long-term are the ones that can still have success uh, even during this situation. So it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's, it's, I just, I feel bad for the guy. Honestly, I feel bad for Mike Norvell. It has been one gut punch after another, for 12 months or at least 10 I months. I not feel sorry for themselves. I mean, how would you not? You can't, you can't afford to, not if you're going to soldier on and get this thing turned around in some reasonable semblance of time. But how would you, because the dead period was extended. Early signing period is the 16th. In 15 days, we've got an early signing period. You've got nothing. You've got no chance to go sit down and win people over with your infectious personality. You got no chance to, to kind of make a pitch face to face to a parent. You, you can't do the very thing that was going to give you the opportunity to sell a vision. You can't even do that. You're stuck. You just have to freaking. And in this season where you've had essentially you played a total of like four good, four good quarters or six good quarters the whole season. So you can't sell that either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you just have to, I know fans won't flush it. But you just uh, – the administration certainly probably will. You just flush this season and say it doesn't count. And you start up next season. Hopefully a vaccine is in place by April, and you can have a real spring followed by a real off season. And then you go into next season and say, okay, let's see what you have, and we will judge you on this season. And last season, when half your team didn't want to play or whatever was going on in 2020, understandably, it was a mess – that almost doesn't count. We know it does count because we still remember it. But you, I, maybe that's how you sell recruits. Maybe that's how you – if you can come back next season and have six wins, oh, well, man, look at the improvement we made. With just sure. one year of a, of a non-pandemic, look at the improvement we made. We're going in the right direction. That's the only hope you have. There's no hope that you're going to recruit anybody that's, that's going to j- jump off the page or be a top 10 kid. And there's nobody that there's no. I guess you could get a transfer portal. You could hit up some home runs in the transfer portal. I would be surprised if you get some big time guys. You get can get some depth, 
But you're going to have to win with what you have next year. And if you can win with what you have next year with six wins, maybe that sparks something. That's your only hope, really. Corey, I think six wins is optimistic, though. Um, But, yeah, if you could do that, yes, that would create a buzz. You really would. I'm sitting here thinking about it now. If they win six games next year, I'm going to be really, really pleased. I I just don't think that's likely. I think they're god-awful again next year. I, I'm not so sure on that, man. I'm not so, and I'm look, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have a great track record here. I, I was, I was leading the the charge to the defense should be better. Um, <laughs> and maybe, maybe top 20 or top yeah. 30 this season. So, but I mean, the reality is that offensive line should be average next year. I mean, they made strides this past year. They did. Next year you'll have, you assuming you have Devontae Love Taylor back. I'm sure they're going to get at least one guy in the transfer <laughs> portal. Um, you like Maurice Smith at center. He's as good as he's a starting center at Florida state. He's, he's of that ilk. He's only, he's a redshirt freshman this year, but he's going to be fine. Um, you know, they like the young Robert Scott, I think played well when he was in there this year as a true freshman, the, the guards, the, the Thomas Schrader, they like him. So, I mean, there's potential there on the offensive line to be decent. Um, I think running back's going to be okay, even if LaDamian Webb leaves. I mean, we like Lawrence Tofili a whole lot. Jay Sean Corbin, the last few weeks, started to play better and better. They're going to bring in one or two more running backs. And then you don't have any receivers. No, they're going to have, they're going to have to make a lot of, I mean, that's to me, that's the number one position that they really have to hit in the transfer portal. And they're, you know, they're talking to some receivers. So maybe we actually, I just posted a story up at Warchan about some of the options that they've got in the transfer portal. So now I think the receivers going to be, have to be a key place, but another year in this system, I think the offense is going to be, it's, I mean, we don't know what Jordan Travis's health is going to be, but Chubba Purdy after a full year in the system, Jordan Travis coming back as a weapon. I mean, I just think there's potential for the, there's legitimate reason to think the offense can be decent next year. The defense, there's it's it's hard to imagine it's going to be there. They were so bad this year, and it's not like, you know, you don't even see improvement on a lot of those players. And then you lose, um, you know, Asante Samuel and some other players as well. So, um, but but that 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 formula right there, a a pretty good offense with an you know below average defense in the ACC. You can win five six games. I don't think that's unreasonable. Well, I don't think it's unreasonable, but that's the high end. I think in the in the midst of explaining why you think you're more optimistic, I felt more encouraged by my prediction of less than six wins because what you just laid out is really not a good formula for victory. How many, what do you think? The, what do you think the offense is going to average next year? Yards and points? Probably oh. fifty and six hundred. Okay, see there you go. Corey agrees. With <laughs> so me. you're going to have to do some get some. Of this is going to depend on what they bring in at receiver. Because you, what you said is accurate about the offensive line and at running back. I don't like the quarterback room. We don't have receivers that can play. Um, I Well, I don't know. It, it's really going to depend on how much better those quarterbacks get. Do you get a receipt? Do you get receivers? I just, I just think I, if there's a position on offense that you can go find guys, it's wide receiver. I mean, yeah, I, you know, yeah. But they it's, better score a lot of points because we don't think that defense is going to be any good at all. No, probably not. No, but, I mean, you you know, look, man, to get the six – we've seen some pretty average to below average football teams get the six wins once you go to a regular season where you've got a couple of games yeah, that yeah, are, it's, it's, are more it's winnable. It's not impossible. I'm not arguing that it's impossible. I just think that's the high end. I think six wins feels like the high end. Now, hey, if you get it, 
I do believe that's progress, substantial progress. And I do. I disagree in the sense that I, I don't. I, I do like the quarterback room. I don't love it, but I like it certainly more than I liked it coming into this season or the season before the season before. Like I, I think that you got you got a quarterback that again, it's a huge caveat, but if he's healthy, can make plays. And then you also, I think, saw just enough from the kid before he got hurt in Chuba to say, okay, there could be a future there too. So I, I think you feel good about those two guys going into the next year, assuming they're here. Who knows? They might jet set all over the. They might quit football the way this thing's going. Who knows? Uh, Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, so we just painted an even bleaker picture, guys. That's what we do on Seminole Headlines. We come in. We throw our hands to the sky. We talk about the despair and desperation, and then we continue to talk about it and lay out a formula for, at best, six wins. I don't know that that's anybody. And then we move on to basketball, which starts tomorrow night. So starts tomorrow night. Are they going to play? Are we going to be able to see basketball? That looks like it's a go. Seems like it. Corey, you were on the Zoom call with Leonard Hamilton yesterday. How did uh, Coach Ham sound? I sounded, uh, um, you know, excited. Well, excited is probably not strong. He was in a he was in a carefree, jovial mood. It didn't sound like he uh, didn't seem like he had any worries there. But who knows? The way this is going, I'm sure they'll they'll probably wait till seven twenty six and say, "Sorry, we got a test. <laughs> Go back home, North Florida." <laughs> Uh, I love this basketball team. I like the potential of this basketball team. I think what we are seeing on a serious note all around the country with this um, sort of convoluted beginning to the season is a whole lot of upsets and a lot of opportunity for uh, close games against teams that you've never heard of. And I think that will probably be true of this Florida State team, too, as good as I think they can be. Um, you know, they, they've typically been somewhat of a slow starter with losses to Pitt yeah. in the last couple of years. You know, you see that. Um so I'm just kind of curious. I'm, I'm curious more than anything else. I mean, of course, we, we all want to see anytime you've got a potential freshman of the year on your team, everybody can't wait for that. But I, I love a lot of the pieces that come back and, and their continued growth with guys that got significant playing time a year ago. Um, MJ Walker, if he can avoid the, oh, my God, I've been shot moment and gets mm-hmm. wheeled off the court every other game and instead stays in there and hangs out after bumping knees with somebody, uh, we may end up seeing that guy become – uh, a, a star, uh, as much as you can be a star in, in this offense. Uh, I, I, I'm excited about the team. I don't know how we couldn't be. Yeah, the way they were talking about, or Leonard talked about Calhoun, Sadar Calhoun yesterday. Obviously, we all know about Barnes, and he's like, look, Calhoun's one of the, uh, maybe the most talented player we've ever had in the program, or one of the most, he's as talented as anybody we've ever brought into the program. As a shooter, right? Just pretty no, much- no, as a as a basketball player. Because really? he's athletic, he's quick, he's he's uh, he's he's a long, like he said. It's a cha-. he was basically like setting him up to say so. Don't but don't expect too much right away. Like you, even as talented as he is, and he's as talented as anybody we've ever brought into this program. It's still a challenge for him to learn at the learn the pace yeah. and the energy that we want to play with. And then he said, but Scotty's a little further along because of who he played with in high school and, and his, you know, that he was on this incredible team and they played a national schedule. But yeah, you get the sense that uh, it's not just Barnes that, that would be heading to the NBA in a year or two. Um, the Calhoun kid is somebody they think has a real chance to be uh, an NBA player, an NBA draft pick, 
And, you know, that's Florida State. They have two or three a year now. That's correct, Corey. That's just what they do. They just churn out NBA first-rounders, lottery picks. Yeah. I mean, I you know, if we want to just become a mostly basketball show, I'm I'm down with it for the time being. I I don't I you know I it well, hurts baseball, my heart. And the baseball team's good. Well, yeah, but you know, I what I'm saying is I think we maybe we lead we lead the charge to just go all in and make Florida State a basketball school and just quit with the at some point like fans at like Army. In Navy, they don't expect they gave up. They yeah. gave up on their school. Like in the in the sixties, Navy was a big deal in football. And a and then along the way, they gave up and like, okay, well, we're not a football school anymore. Maybe we lead the charge to turn Florida State into a basketball school. Well, then that means we're going to have to bring home. And they had a chance last year. Who knows? They might have done it. We can start bringing home national titles. Yeah, going to be a something school. You have to win national titles in that something. Final four. We don't need a national championship. Uh, at, some, at, some get point, at some point, you have to win a national championship. Yeah, well, we get, we're going to go ahead and give them the one from last year, so that's one. Well, that's actually part of the questions in uh, the, with the headliner questions, Corey, that I can get to later on. But uh, he, one of the, one of the uh, headliners wants to know, when are you going to write about the exciting victories, upset victories over Clemson and Virginia? Yeah, I need to, right? Because I, yeah. I, 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 I regaled people with Florida State's magical run in March last year. Uh, yeah, that's that just the, the the difference. Obviously, is last year's Florida State basketball team could have actually won a national championship. Yeah, that's the disappointing part, and and that's something that this adds- year's Florida State football team could not have upset Clemson in any measure. No, in no chance in hell. Uh, that's one of the frustrating aspects for all of us that 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 are Knowles. It's like. Yeah, we didn't even get to see it come to fruition, the thing that we are really good at, and the, and the transformations occurred, and they are churning out draft picks, and they have gone on deep runs to the Elite Eight, and they did win the ACC regular season title. Uh, you know, that's not something we really thought in a conference with Clemson, I mean, excuse me, with uh, Duke and North, and rolled out their Roy at North Carolina and Louisville. And By all the these- way, yeah. Tar Heels have started off strong, guys. Just want to saddle up your... Did you see that sorry ass win the other day? Yeah, yeah. I say I know they were down to UNLV and then won by thirty. I'm yeah. telling you, it's a different group. It's a different <laughs> group in Baby Blue this year, boys. <laughs> I, are yeah. you still a part of the show? The I am. I am. Right. I'm here. The frustration is that uh, they didn't even get to see that play out. You know, so it's like we can't. Well, have you didn't get. I, I. It felt like last year. Not that we have to talk about last year too much, but it felt like last year. When it got late into a game, you had a guy in Trent that was going to do what it took to win that game. He was going to make that play. I don't know that you have that this year yet. You don't know who that is. We but can't I, know. We can't you know can't that. know, but I that's what I thought made the team so special last year. You had the flash of the two lottery picks who were awesome, and they could win games by them, you know, not by themselves, but they could help you win games. But if it was close late in a meaningful moment, you had a guy that you had 100% confidence in would get you a bucket. I, yeah, you think- I mean, I, I think I in certain situations, in, in certain situations, the problem, he's not, he's not as dominant around the rim. Yeah. Trent Force as a guard was as dominant around a rim as anybody I've ever seen. Strong as hell. And, and, uh, you know, that was one thing you asked me yesterday about the interview with Stan. The one thing I thought Stan, you know, brought up that was a, a key moment last year and really reflective of that was that offensive rebound he had against Notre Dame when he like missed the little yeah, runner yeah, yeah. in the lane. But, man, he got back up. That second jump, he looked like Al Thornton. And that's not who he is. They had to have it. 
Um, and that's he was going to do whatever you had to do have. And uh, you know, again, MJ I think could get his shot in those situations. He can knock down shots in big situations. He's done it before. Then he be floored on a. He's be, he's had a couple of big shots. Yeah, he's been, he's had a, he's a big time shooter. Yeah. late in late in games. But he's just I don't he can't get to the rim the way Trent did. Yeah, he's got to um, you got to set MJ up in my opinion, or he's going to shoot a three. He's not a guy like Trent. Trent would get into the paint and yeah. just rise up on and then rock the baby after he made the shot because. So- Maybe maybe Scotty Barnes is that guy, that kind of length yeah. and strength and and, and or talent. Calhoun or Calhoun, right? Yeah, well, it's exciting to think about. Seminole headlines, ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour before we get to headliner questions. Most of the focus, at least starting last segment, was not on this ass sorry football team and the desperate situation they find themselves in, but rather a basketball team that gets underway tomorrow night. By the way, how many people are allowed to go? Anybody allowed to go? 2,600 is the capacity, which I guess is 20% of the normal 12,000 or so. Um, man, but they're not going to but it, not play Wednesday games, guys. I've got a, a, a show that I have to do on Wednesday nights. It kills me every time they do this. So if you could, I mean, a little birdie in the uh, ACC's ear, if you would, for me, I'd be great. Yeah, because they have some of those swing games that can be on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, depending yeah, on TV. No reason to be playing those games on Wednesdays. Always the, uh, Tuesdays. And, but it's going to look totally different. You know, the on the courts, like, I, you know, they're – we're not going to have boosters lining the sidelines anymore. Even the radio oh, guys. Remember those games where the the, the, the booster section was full. It was jam-packed. That's <laughs> well, the beauty of the Civic Center. It'll look these... just as. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the seats on the floor, dummy. You're not going to have seats on the floor anymore. Oh, and, okay. Gotcha. And uh, the, the benches are going to be spaced out. They're going to have, like, plexiglass around. I mean, it's going to be the whole social so distance. That, so no Larry, no Dr. Joe? No, 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 no. Joe Joe Camps has got to be yelling at the refs from like the yeah he's gonna some, be, be up in the rafters with everybody else. Doctor Joe, <laughs> saying isn't so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's gonna be different, and uh, I'm curious how that affects the team. I mean, I, I guess you know it's better than some schools aren't gonna have any fans, but part of why you know part of the success the last few years has been that place has been tough to play from an atmosphere standpoint. Oh, it's gonna be. Yeah. Well, and Malik Malik Osborne brought that up uh, on Monday when he was talking about like the one thing he likes about this team, which we all do, is their energy. Their their their. I wasn't going to say self energy, but that doesn't make sense because there's 18 of them. But the team, the energy that the team brings itself, right? And they're always like that. They do have some big time Type A personalities. Where you, them, Scotty Barnes being another, where they're they they provide the energy themselves, and they always go hard anyway. So they hope that not having fans there won't lessen their ability to play hard because they Corey, always play hard. Corey, you didn't get a chance to respond to this yesterday, and for the listening into the Jeff Cameron show yesterday, the Irish Chappelle segment at the beginning of the four o'clock hour. First of all, shame on you. Se- secondly, uh, you didn't get to hear this, so I'll reiterate something that he brought up, and then I want to hear your reaction, Corey, because I know, and I instantly thought of you because I know how excited you'll be by this. I don't know that Florida State's really ever had this guy, not not on a good team anyhow. Um, the fact that Scotty Barnes is is described as somebody who will not only energize his own teammates, uh, but also talk smack to opposing teams, Yeah, uh, that is awesome. We've not had a guy like that in a very, very long time that I can think of, uh, at least not on a good version of Florida State basketball. That's really cool. Good. He's that kind of confident? All right, then. 
And you want um, – he, he sounds like he might be a guy that the rest of the country might – well, I don't know about that. But, like, you don't remember Tyler Holt? Like, everybody in the other dugout hated Tyler Holt. Yeah. Hated him. Because he would take an extra base up 10 runs and slide in the third aggressively for Yeah, have his, have his spikes up. And just the yeah. way he played, his mannerisms, right. they did not like him. I think Barnes could be that guy yeah. where the opposing bench can't stand him, but then they can't stop him which makes it even more sweet as a Florida State fan to watch this guy that is so confident. Uh, in, uh, yeah, they, you're right. They haven't had – I mean, I would say Jalen Ramsey was a guy like that. No, I'm not talking about basketball. I'm talking yeah. about so many basketball. I was just trying to think – just associate with other, with other sports. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, everybody hated Jalen. Everybody hated Jalen because he talked, but he also dominated. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he was he's, – he's difficult to like as a knoll. But, but yeah, no, no, I'm, not, I'm talking about for basketball where you've got the most dominant player on the floor and he knows it and he's not afraid to tell you about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it. I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that that uh, no. talked a ton of smack like that. No, Isaac obviously. Jonathan Isaac wouldn't stop woofing. <laughs> that Always guy told the opponent how good he was. Yeah, <laughs> egomaniac. That yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> no, they haven't had it. So good, good. It's nice. I mean, it's seemingly every other top five program has had a guy like that, and that's what Florida State is, guys. Top five program. So it's it's about time we start turning out those guys in addition to NBA superstars. That's like, it, oh, go ahead, Ira. Well, I was just going to say, if you uh, usually those kinds of guys, it seems like a lot of times those kinds of guys are guards. And that's just more annoying because yeah. you know, if it was like a real, if it came down to it, what are they really going to do? Like JJ Reddick, if if, yeah. if if somebody stepped at JJ Reddick, I mean, what's he going to do? Right. But if you got a 6'8 dude who grew up in Miami, when he, you know, if he's chirping a little bit, you know, maybe yeah, there's he, a little something to it. Just kind of, just kind of, okay, nod your head and keep walking. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's scared of uh, basketball players anymore after Saturday night. <laughs> Nate Robinson. And, and Nate Robinson. Woo. Oh, doctor. Oh, Nate. A YouTuber? You know what's crazy, though, is how many people – like, Nate Robinson would destroy me. You know what I mean? Like, if I got in a physical altercation with Nate Robinson, he would pick me up, break me in half, and beat the living tar out of me. But he won't beat up a YouTuber. No, but I'm saying, like, how many people now for the rest of Nate Robinson's life just challenge him? Just like, hey, you big baby, you want to go? And he can, he can still kick the crap out of ninety four percent of humans. Well, the problem not- is somebody that boxes. I mean, that dude is a YouTuber, but he does box. Like he's, a, it's something he does. Yeah. And and if you actually have boxed and you get in the ring with somebody who does not box, right? It's going to be bad news for them. I mean, the this is this is going to follow Nate Robinson a lot longer than winning dunk contests. And I mean, Correct. this is his legacy. Correct. That's that's an awful lot. I mean, it's it's. On the one hand, you want to say bravo for having the kind of courage to do that, albeit you're fighting a YouTuber, yes, who boxes. Um, but on the other hand, Nate, you had nothing to gain. If you yeah. beat up a YouTuber, everybody goes, great, you beat up a YouTuber. If you lose like that, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to forget that. That's who Nate is. He's not yeah. a champion and a former NBA player. He's the guy that got knocked out by that YouTuber. People yeah. are st- people are still tweeting like, "Hey, has anybody checked on Nate?" Like, <laughs> man, <laughs> I thought it would have been funny like after the Tyson Roy Jones fight, when like, "Hey, what are you guys are going to keep fighting?" And they're both like, uh, "Roy Jones, like, I just want to fight Nate Robinson." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to line up a join the list of people that want to fight Nate Robinson. Jim Gray is like, "I want to fight him too." Punch. <laughs> All right, we'll get the headliner questions. Hang in. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. 